Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. We want to remind you that this week or during this Lent season, we're going through Psalm 119. We're going through Psalm 119, uh, and and we're reading uh, 16 verses at a time. So this week, we'll be uh, meditating on Psalm 119, verses 65 to 80 during the Lent season. So you can keep that in mind. Next week, we'll be speaking from Luke chapter 6. We're just going through the life of Jesus. Um, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 8, and I'm reading from the uh, Passion Bible, just for more clarity. Uh, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon. He'll always climb into a boat belonging to a Simon. The name Simon in Hebrew means listener. He that has ears, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says unto the church. Said seven times in the book of Revelations, chapter 2 and chapter 3. And then, of course, the writer of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 7, 8, says, Today, if you would hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. He's always going to get in the boat with somebody who wants to listen. Tell your neighbor, you need to listen. Amen. And he asked him, let me use your boat. Pushed off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowd. Verse 4, Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you, but if you insist, we'll go out again. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let our nets down because of your word. Verse 6, when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet, basically, in humility. I'm going to ask you to help me with this title. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, My friend, can Jesus use your boat? Okay. And then we can ask ourselves the question, Can Jesus use my boat? Can Jesus use my boat? My boat. 
Uh, there are three, th- I, you know, I almost forgot here. I need, oh, Jesus, I need, uh, um, let me see. Annie, can I borrow your son? You, think you, you may have to come with me. Okay. And, and I'll just have you sit up here. Borrow you? You sure now? Okay, great. Um, let me borrow one of your son. Oh, actually, can I borrow you? Yeah. You guys are always making money off me. <laughs> okay, what I want you to do is just sit here for a moment. Uh, no, you can sit. So. Can Jesus use my boat? I want to talk about three things in our lives that represent boats or ships that Jesus desires to use to keep us spiritually fit. I want to talk about three boats, three ships. Some scriptures call it boats. Some scriptures call it ships. But I want to talk about three things that Jesus needs to use in order to keep us spiritually fit. And for the acronym FIT, I'm going to talk about three types of boats that Jesus wants to use. And hopefully FIT will help you to remember. First of all, in order for us to really be used by God, Jesus needs to use our faith. Are you with me? Secondly, Jesus needs to use I, our influence. And finally, Lord have mercy. And this is maybe a good Lent fast for some of us. Jesus needs to use our tongue. Mm. First of all, Jesus needs to use the boat that Jesus, and I don't want to have to explain the story. It's pretty much clear what's going on, other than the fact that Jesus asked Peter, a professional, to launch out into the deep, a carpenter telling a professional fisherman what to do. Makes no sense, but Jesus will always tell us things to do that make no sense. Are you with me? Because Because God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise so that no human nature, no flesh will get credit for what he wants to do. So and so that by faith, they go out in the deep and they have a great catch. But I want to talk about the, the Jesus wants to use our boat or our ship of faith. First, Peter, first Timothy, chapter one, verse 18, it says, uh, in in uh, uh, Amplified Bible, it says this. This is Paul speaking to his son in the gospel, Timothy. He says, this I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, so that inspired and aided by those prophecies, you fight the good fight or fight the God fight. And again, I want to encourage you that when you receive prophetic word that you know has come from God, you need to be fighting with those prophecies. 
You need that. Those prophecies are your spiritual DNA. Those prophecies say this is what God wants for you. Again, I share this many times as we go through our history. In, in 1976, a prophetic word came forth in this church that the walls would be bulging with people. And, and as I said, uh, he, the, the, the person who said it, they might as well said the moon is made out of green cheese because we only had about 50 people. And who would have thought 25 years later that we would be going to, to, uh, to uh, two services? But the point is, is that as a 16-year-old, so I'm 40, I'm, I'm, no, I was 41 then, and I'm 59 now, so you don't have to do the math so you can hear what I'm saying. So the point is that as, as, the, as that prophecy was in my spirit, every time I wanted to leave the church because, because I really couldn't stand coming here. I was embarrassed to bring my friends here. And yet in my heart, all I could hear is the word saying, I'm going to fill this place. I'm going to fill this place. And who would have dreamed that we have two churches now? And we really need to go to third service. God keeps his promises. So if you have a word from God, you got to hold on to that thing with a death grip like, like, like Jacob did when he said I, to the angel, I will not let you go till you bless me. Genesis, I believe it's the chapter 32. Do warfare with the prophecies. And you say, well, I don't have a prophecy. Yes, you do. You're holding one. 66 books full of prophecies. The highest prophecy is the word of God. And that's why you have to know the word so that when someone tells you something crazy, you can say, where does that line up with the word? Please, please tell me. The Lord has just led me. Oh, honey, you know, you really understand that. Um. When we got married 35 years ago, he, you know, God's changing his mind now. You know how we're getting new models. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I need a new model wife. The spirit of the Lord is saying that to me. No, he's not. First of all, she killed me before I got remarried. <laughs> but the point is, stay with the word. Verse 19 of... Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, keeping your faith, leaning completely on God with absolute trust and confidence in God's guidance. For some people have rejected their moral compass and have made a shipwreck of their faith. God needs your faith that your faith doesn't become shipwreck. And that word shipwreck in the Greek, it means stranded. Meaning that our faith is supposed to be going someplace. Our faith is supposed to be accomplishing things for God. And, and, and so if our faith isn't doing stuff, it is stranded. It is shipwreck. And the reason why our faith is not really doing much is because we're trying to work on our, we're trying to use our own faith, which is all right, but we need a faith that comes from God. What do you mean? The Apostle Paul said, and I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. This is uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I like uh, the, the Passion Bible says, the new life, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Or Paul says, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Of the Son of God. That's possessive. So, so for example, uh, 
This is uh, Brother Cameron's cell phone. It is the cell phone of Brother Cameron's, and now I have it. Are you with me? And, and, and so uh, there is a faith that belongs to the Son of God. There is a faith that belongs to the Son of God, meaning that there is a faith that Jesus wants to give us that can accomplish big things. Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, I believe, it says that God has given everybody a measure of faith, meaning that we all get starters faith. But God needs us to build our faith. And the way we build our faith is to read and meditate on the word of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and meditating. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here's, here's the problem. Let me, let me, so can I borrow your son? You think he'll stick, stick with me? Okay. So, so, so he's so cute. You can come up here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Okay, so, 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 put on this jacket. This is your, this is his jacket. Okay, stop you, mother. Oh, oh. Pay attention to my message. <laughs> now, now, so, so, this is the jacket. What's your son's name? Chinete. Okay, this is his jacket. Okay. Now, his, his, oh, okay, he's like, what? His jacket represents his faith. Okay, come up here. You too? No, these two. Now, now here's the problem. His faith is good, but his faith can't cover them. He needs a bigger faith that's going to cover them. So, what God wants to do, can I borrow your jacket, Richard? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What God wants to do is give you not the faith of Brian Green or the faith. He wants to give you faith that belongs to Christ. He wants to give you big faith. And you may say, well, why does God want to give me big faith? Why don't, you, why don't you sit over here? Because, because God wants you to give you a big enough faith that can cover other people. You're going to need faith to lead an organization, to lead a small group, to lead your family. You just can't have enough faith that covers yourself. And that's why you need a faith that comes from Christ. A faith, a God-inspired faith, a Holy Ghost-filled faith, so that you can do the miraculous. Amen. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Get bigger faith. Amen. God bless you. Now you know, it always pays. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, you're smiling now. Thank you very much. And he's like, what about me? What about me? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 
So, so, so God, Jesus wants to get into our faith so that we believe for bigger things. Turn to somebody and say, you're believing for, too, for things that are too small. God gets no glory, you accomplishing this. He wants to do something that will make the whole world say, that's God. The second thing that God wants to influence, the, Jesus boat, Jesus, the boat, second boat that Jesus wants to get in is not only your faith, meaning that he doesn't want your faith to be shipwrecked, your faith to be stranded. He also wants to get into your influence. Oh, my. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 40. Everybody with me so far? It says, <clears throat> this is New Living Translation. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they took Jesus in the boat. They took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind them, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? Verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and, the, and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Here's what struck me about this episode. Most times when I hear that message, we're always concerned with the disciples. And their lack of faith and how it affected their trip. But what I discovered was that they were not the only ones on that sea. There were other boats. The storm affected all the other boats too. And when Jesus said, peace be still, the storm stopped from the other boat. And my point is, is that there are people who you influence who are looking at you to see what kind of faith you have. There are people who are looking at you to say, all right, let me see how you go through this storm. Because how you go through this storm is going to affect my faith. We don't want to take responsibility for other people's faith. But we do have influence. My children watch how me and my wife conduct our marriage. My children watch how, how what I say from here matches how I leave at home, live at home. I shared with you many times a story, and this happened years ago, so you don't have to be, no, no, pulling up the past for them. <laughs> but I remember, you know, they're sisters and they're girls and, you know, they're, they're best friends. And 
they're about around, I want to say, like 12 and 9. You know, when they start to you know, head into teenage and adolescence and they got in an argument. And all of a sudden I hear, yeah, yeah, just yeah. All of a sudden I heard, blam, blam, door slamming. I walked upstairs and I said, let me tell you something. Don't you ever slam any doors in this house. Now, I was able to say there were no doors slamming before you arrived. There had been no doors slamming while you were here. And there will be no doors slamming after you leave. In other words, they didn't get that from us. What do your children or people around you do that you have influenced them to do? There's no swearing in my house because we don't swear. Ooh, it's, qui it's quiet here. It's quiet. Ooh, it's quiet. There's just certain things that there's no smoking in my house. Oh, more people are like, amen, amen. I, I don't know about that swearing part. I'm still, still trying to get victory over there, but <laughs> the smoking, I got victory. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. How are you influencing your children? I remember one time my daughters, you know, now they're, they're, now they're, they're adults, and I remember we were giving our Christmas offering, and I remember, I, I don't know how we found out the offering one of our daughters gave, and I was like, oh, my goodness. My wife was like, whoa. No, we said to ourselves, are you sure you want to give that much to the church? Well, where did they learn that from? How do your children give to God? How do your children worship God? Dad, if they see you, <sighs> when is this over? And then you wonder why your kids are, Daddy, can we leave that? Daddy, can we leave now? Well, where did they get that from? Do they see you praying? We have an opportunity to influence people. And Jesus said, can I get into your influence of other people? Finally, <laughs> can I get, can I get on board your tongue? Oh, Jesus. Let me just look at the clock. James, brother James. Mm. He says, and the same with mighty ships, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, those who appreciate it, will eat its root and bear its bear the consequences of their, 
their words. This is the Amplified Bible. I, I want to just talk about me. That way you don't have to be upset. I just want to talk about me. Tell the person next to you, he's talking about himself. So don't get offended. I was, it, see, some of us use those stories like, you know, 18 years ago. This happened, yeah, this happened last Monday when we were, we were in the Burlington Mall. Okay, now I'm talking about me. If, but if you're feeling convicted, <laughs> could be the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling convicted. So we're in the store, and I'm getting something for my wife for Valentine's. And all of a sudden, I saw somebody, and they looked a certain way. I'll just say that. And I'm with the salesperson. And I looked at the per I looked at the person that I saw, and I was about to enter into what they call in sports my role as a commentator. And I was gonna say something that was gonna be smart. No, 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 not smart sarcastic. I was going to make a joke about the person and how they look. Okay? Uh, in fact, I'll tell you. Okay? Because some of you are like, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? So, okay, I'm going to tell you. But um, I was going to say this. Okay? 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 So I'm allowing you to read my mind. Okay? Are you with me? So, so, so I was going to say, so what happened was that uh, we were in a store and I'll let the kids go after this story. Uh, they're like, no, don't let us go. <laughs> and a mall policeman, a mall cop, came into the store. Are you with me? Mall cop. And of course, my mind is thinking about the movie, Mall Cop. Okay, And if you didn't see it, you could see it. So this mall cop, was a little heavy. No, he was a lot heavy. And my mind said to my tongue, which was going to speak to my wife and the salesperson, if someone steals something from you, this guy Blank, 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 blank. I'll just let you fill in the, the that's what I was going to say. To get, and I knew whatever, what was about to come out of my mouth was going to get a whole lot of chuckles. Thank you. But the Lord. Let me get into, I, I went, uh, this church wanted to invite me to preach for Black History Month. This is a little digression. And I said, okay. And he said, and he says to me, this is the white pastor. He says to me, but I want you to bring it. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I was like, 
bring it? Yeah, like, 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 bring it. This is, this is, this is Black History Month. I mean, I mean, I want you to like, 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 uh, 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 hoop, hoop. And I was like, oh, oh. And so for those of you who are not familiar with what hooping is, because some of you say, well, you mean hula hoop? No, 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 no. So, 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 so. My, so I'm a hoop now. So my mind huh, was saying huh, that this guy huh, is so big, huh, he couldn't chase huh, a turtle. Huh, but the Holy Ghost huh, grabbed that thought and said to your tongue, my tongue, shut up. You don't have to feel like you have to comment on everything. I, I'm not, I'm talking, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. Talking about me. Talking about me. So I, I, Jesus is like, I need to get in your tongue so that you speak that which is edifying and laughing at someone else's expense to to make yourself feel better is not edifying. And I realize how much the profession of commentating is a part of my DNA that I have to say, Jesus, control my tongue. I don't have to comment on everything I see. In fact, you would prefer me to pray for people instead of tearing them down with my tongue. You prefer me to speak life instead of death. Some things are just better not to. So that's, that's what I'm trying to train myself to do when I stop at a stoplight and I'm looking around. I got to train myself. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. I know they're taking their time crossing the crosswalk, and you stopped, but don't say what's on your mind. Just, just, just let the Lord have his way. So, Father, we thank you. As we're about to let the children go, they sing. We sing that song in Sunday school, Be Careful, Little Mouth, What You Say. Well, Lord, we need to say, be careful, big mouth. Because <laughs> we're still saying things we shouldn't say. In Jesus' name. Let's let the Sunday school teach children. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In this year of harvest, Jesus says, I need to can I use your boat? Can I can I use your faith to do something that's so big that nobody will get the glory but me? Was that found in scripture? Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 I believe. He says, let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your what? Good works. What a good work? God works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see how God works and give the glory to him. He needs our faith. Disciples, I needed your faith because because this storm is from the enemy. And this storm didn't just affect you. It affected other the, the other boats. Mm, you listen. The storm affected the other boats that knew I was on your boat. They weren't following you. They were following you because I was on your boat. We, 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 we call that the anointing. The anointing attracts. And, and, and God is saying to us, let me, let me ride your influence on others so that when you say to the storm, peace be still, everybody else around you is sensing the peace of God as well. During this Lent season, let me, let me get on your tongue. And blessing generations, uh, which we've had at this church a few times, one of the things they teach us uh, as, as, as facilitators, and that is um, we, our goal is by the help of the Holy Spirit, because we can't find um, where was, where did the enemy first use a lie to enter into a person's life? And then what we try to do is lead them into the presence of God so that God can expose the lie and, and break things off their lives. Are you with me? And, and what happens many times is that, is that, um, Let's say, let's say, for example, um, um, let's say, for example, you know, Richard's my father and, and uh, let's say I'm Richard's father. Say that you know, I'm old enough to be his father. And, and I say to Richard, you, you'll never amount to anything. Two things will happen because of my tongue. I either release in him something that says I'll never amount to anything. Are you with me? Or just as bad, I'm going to show him that, I, that I'm going to amount to something. Okay. And so what happens is that, that my, he, he, has, he has made a vow with his mouth and his spirit that says, I am going to amount to something. And now amounting to something becomes his God. And thus, he has worth only 
as long as in his eyes and in the eyes of others, he amounts to something. The problem is, is that Jesus doesn't love us as a human be- doing. He loves us as a human being. If I, while I was a mess, Jesus loved me. And so my point is, is that our tongues can get people in trouble and get ourselves in trouble. I'll never allow a man to treat me like that again. So that now God sends the right man, but you're like, <laughs> and so as if it is bowed and eyes closed. As this is the first sermon for Lent season. For those of you who are not familiar with Lent, it is, it is the it's it's the holy period, where it's leading up to. It's a period that the church celebrates that leads up to Easter, leads up to the resurrection of Christ, and many churches consider this one of the most holy periods, if not the whole most holy period of the year when it comes to the liturgical or the church calendar. And we use this, in our church, we use this period as a time where God, I want to seek you. And I I want my life to be different after Easter. God, I know we celebrate the resurrection of Christ on April 1st. I can't speak for you, but this is my prayer. God, I want a resurrection of a new Brian Green. I want my faith renewed. I want my influence over the people who you have honored me to influence, whether it be church members or other churches or other pastors. God, Jesus, I want you to be on board with my influence. And Lord, because death and life are in the power of my tongue, I need you to I need you to get on board my tongue. I need you to get on board my tongue. Thank you, Jesus. I need to believe again, Lord. I need my I need my faith strengthened. You you can't work a miracle without my faith. Lord, your word says that no matter how powerful you were, Jesus, you couldn't do great works in the town you grew up in because the folks there had so little faith. And I'm pleading with you, God, that let that not be. Let not let that not be the narrative over Brian Green. Let that not be the narrative over Pentecostal Tabernacle. Let, when all is said and done, let people say about the things that we, as the people of God, lead. Let them say, them folks, that that guy on my job, that woman on my job, man, they believe God. 
And look what the Lord has done in response to their faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could you take a minute and just, uh, you can put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Just a minute. You may not know them. Um, so you, you may want to introduce yourself. But I want you to just, I want you to pray for me. And ask the Lord, God, help them in their faith. Help them in their sphere of influence. And help them with their tongue. That's just, just 30 seconds per minute. Help them with their tongue. That their tongue will, will speak life into their situation. That their tongues will be thermostats and not thermometers. That their tongues will not react to the atmosphere, but their tongue will change the atmosphere. David was right when he said, with my tongue, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, men are always to pray and our faith, always pray. Well, if I'm always praying and always praising, then my tongue will be continually speaking life instead of death. God, I want to be a blessing. Everywhere I go, I want to be a blessing. I want to release blessings. I want to release empowerment. I want when people leave my presence, they feel encouraged. They feel enlarged. They feel strengthened. They feel emboldened to do great things for you. Father, teach me how to bless myself instead of putting myself down all the time. Teach me, according to Isaiah, I think it's 66, 65, teach me how to bless myself. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you're here and you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Jesus Christ is saying, well, I want to, can I get on board your life? Can you open up your life and let me come in? Let me come in. That will be the start of me controlling your faith, strengthening your influence, and helping you to get a, a hold of your tongue so that you can speak life into every situation. And the first thing I want to teach you how to speak life into your life is that you would open your mouth and accept me. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I'm not talking about joining the church, so don't worry about joining the church. That's not what you're doing right now. You're just accepting Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? Could you slip up your hand and I'll see what hand I want to pray for you? If you've never received the Lord or you were once walked with the Lord, you're not walking with him anymore, so make sure that I pray for you if you're alive. Thank you, Jesus. 
Well, Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for these folks who have, who though there was a snowstorm up to this early this morning, they still made it out to your house, Lord Jesus. And you allow them to make it out to your house. There's some who wanted to come and couldn't come because they, you know, the snow was that bad. But Lord, thank you, Lord, that we've made it here. And thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Lord, I, I pray that this sermon will be, will, will, will put wind in our sails. That, that during this week, that we'll say, Jesus, I want you on board with my faith. Jesus, I want you on board with my influence so that no matter where I'm going, who's ever watching me, I can influence them for you. They'll see Jesus on board. And Father, I pray that you'll be on board my tongue so I don't say things that I don't need to say. Holy Spirit, grab, grab my heart because you said in your word, out of the abundance of the heart, Matthew chapter 12, the mouth speaks. So Lord, get a hold of my heart. Get a hold of my attitude so I don't allow death to come out of my mouth. Father, I pray that my, my tongue would be the governor and, and, and would be governed by the Holy Spirit so that I can speak life wherever I go and enjoy the abundant life. Oh, Jesus, this season, this season, I want to be a new person come Resurrection Sunday on April 1st. Oh, yes, they call April 1st, April Fool's Day. Oh, yes, the joke is going to be on the devil because I'm going to be a new person in Jesus' name.